you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Friday, July 24th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Ghost of Tsushima is the PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP. The video game television network G4 is teasing a return. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel has a 2022 release date. A Tetris biopic is in the works. And the creators of Sonic the Hedgehog are teaming up for a new video game. Ghost of Tsushima has officially been out for a full week, and the way PlayStation is talking about it... It sounds like it has been a big hit. The PlayStation Twitter account tweeted, Ghost of Tsushima is now PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut, with more than 2.4 million units sold through globally in its first three days of sales. You can read into that a little bit and recognize that it means, at least in terms of initial sales, it seems like Ghost of Tsushima performed better than games like Horizon Zero Dawn and Bloodborne, which is interesting. There are a lot of factors to take into account there, of course, like the fact that more people own PlayStation 4s now than they did when those games came out. And also, lest we forget, we are in the middle of a pandemic and people are hungry for new video games right now. And Ghost of Tsushima is a new video game. And it's also a very good and fun video game. At least I really enjoyed it. I really think Sucker Punch is one of Sony's secret weapons who are just pumping out some of PlayStation's best games while not quite getting the same adoration as a comparable studio like Naughty Dog. So I am happy to see the game doing really well. I think it's a great game. I I hope you're checking it out. I hope you're playing it. The failed video game TV network G4 teases a return. G4 was a television network devoted to covering video games that launched in 2002. It was a network that featured esports, video game review shows, and even daily live news shows well before Twitch became popular. It was a smart idea, a TV network dedicated to video games, but it didn't click, and the network ceased broadcasting in 2014. I remember it fondly. It was the first place I watched someone else play a video game who wasn't sitting right next to me. It was a surreal experience at the time. I remember stumbling across the network for the first time at a hotel while on a family vacation and just being blown away that I could watch someone play Maximo for PlayStation 2. It's hard to explain why that was such a novel and weird thing. G4 was also the first place I was able to connect creators and their faces to video games. I remember watching an interview with Jason Rubin talking about Jack 2, for example. I also learned about Mega64 for the first time there. They also had a countdown show where they would count down the top 10s of various things. And I remember one top 10 was jobs in the video game industry. And they spoke in depth about being a video game journalist. And I thought... That sounds amazing. I want to do that. So, I did. It was a lot more complicated than that, and there were a lot more steps in between, but it did 
really genuinely helped me figure out what I wanted to do with my life. The network, unfortunately, never quite found its audience, despite really going for it for more than a decade, but it turns out it might be making a comeback. IGN's Joe Screbbles reported on a recent tease for the return of G4, as well as one of its more popular shows, X-Play, writing, G4, the video games-focused TV network, has teased a possible return in some form in 2021. A teaser video that debuted during Comic-Con at home on IGN Live alluded to the network's return. The teaser included a number of references to the running jokes from the network's shows, including the Golden Mullet Award, Sessler's Soapbox, and Rot Gut. The video ends on a game of Pong. The game played at both the beginning and end of the network's lifespan before being interrupted by the appearance of the G4 logo, the date 2021, and a tagline, We Never Stopped Playing. The story is linked in the show notes, and it represents about all we know. Is it going to be a TV network? Is it going to be something smaller, like a Twitch or YouTube channel? I guess we'll find out in the future. I will say, though, as much as I do have fond memories for G4, I don't know that the G4 brand or the X-Play brand means a ton to me today. G4 was ahead of its time, undoubtedly. But the thing that G4 was doing that was unique in the mid-2000s is being done on other platforms now or even other TV stations like Disney XD, which devotes a large portion of its programming to video games. All of that being said, though, I am very curious to learn what this thing is. Another quick weird G4 thing, it was where Olivia Munn got her start. She was a co-host on Attack of the Show, and in light of this tease, she has been retweeting G4 tweets and sharing some nostalgic gifts of her time there. I have no idea if it means she is involved in whatever this thing is, but she is certainly supportive and excited about it, which is fun to see. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel has a release date, and the Tetris movie announces some casting. This is the video game movie portion of the Gaming Ride Home podcast, turns out, as a pair of video game movie details were revealed recently. In a story about various movie delays that are happening from Variety's Rebecca Rubin, there was a small detail about the sequel to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that reads, along with Thursday's announcement, the studio also set Sonic the Hedgehog 2, a follow-up to this year's box office smash, to open on April 8th, 2022. Other changes to the calendar include a new Jackass film from July 2021 to September 3rd, 2021, Under the Boardwalk, July 22nd, 2022, and The Tiger's Apprentice. I guess you didn't need those last few details, but Sonic the Hedgehog 2, April 8th, 2022. So, you know, go ahead and clear your calendar for that day, I guess. And then in arguably weirder video game news, or at least weird in terms of headline until you realize what the movie is, Taron Egerton will apparently be playing the lead in an upcoming Tetris movie. The term Tetris movie made me raise an eyebrow because I have no idea what that movie could possibly look like. But then you learn that the movie is a biopic about Tetris, which makes a lot of sense as the creation of Tetris is actually a very interesting story and I would very much love to see it made into a film. The news of Egerton's casting comes from the website movieweb.com, a site I am admittedly unfamiliar with, so I don't know how reliable a source it is, but movieweb.com's Ryan Scott wrote, Taron Egerton has lined up his next movie. The Kingsman star is set to play the lead in a Tetris movie about the popular video game. This is set to be a biopic chronicling the complicated and messy rights battle ensued over the popular puzzle game in the late 80s. It is worth noting 
that another movie based on the game was being planned as far back as 2014, which was viewed as a massive sci-fi slash adventure flick. This is a markedly different project. According to several reports, Taron Egerton has signed on to star in the movie, which is simply titled Tetris as Hank Rogers. That story is linked in the show notes. The short version of the Tetris story is that the game was created by Russian Alexei Pajitnov, but he was not making any money from the game, despite its huge success, particularly with its Game Boy release. And Hank Rogers, who will be played by Egerton, worked with Pajitnov to take ownership over the Tetris brand, which led to the founding of the Tetris company. And now Pajitnov regularly receives proper compensation for his undeniably brilliant creation, as he should. At least, as far as I know. In any case, it's genuinely a movie I would like to see. By the way, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie currently sits at a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Here's what is out today and a few more things that are coming out soon. Paper Beast from Eric Chahi, the creator of Another World, is out today on some new VR platforms. It was a PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation VR exclusive for a little while, but now it is out on Steam and in the Oculus Store, which means it's playable on Oculus Rift and Vive. It's one I want to check out. It seems more like a simulation game, but the visuals look bizarre. As the name implies, there are all these strange creatures that appear to be made out of paper, walking around an environment, and then you can kind of tweak and change things around the world to see what happens. It looks weird. Standalone versions of Quiplash and Fibbage XL from the Jackbox Party Packs are out on Switch. Usually those games are included in bundles, but it's nice to see them separated into standalone games. They're $9.99 each. Quiplash is probably my favorite Jackbox Party Pack game, period. Tannenberg is out today on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One after having released on PC early last year. It's a standalone expansion for the game Verdun, which is a World War I shooter. Tannenberg is a squad-based game that supports up to 64 players, so it sounds like it has some real Battle Royale energy. Blightbound, the multiplayer dungeon crawler, is getting an open beta this weekend. Sounds like all you need to do is download it from Steam, and then the beta will be going until the 26th. I have a link to that in the show notes. Along with the announcements that happened during the Xbox Games Showcase, there were a handful that happened right before. I think Microsoft separated them because they're not going to be part of Game Pass, but 
they will still be available on Xbox Series X. Tiny Build showed off Hello Neighbor 2, which is one of those games that is going to be a big hit because the first game is quietly such a huge hit. The trailer showed familiar Hello Neighbor gameplay, but the neighbor character looks like a kind of humanoid bird. It's very strange and creepy, which is the whole vibe of Hello Neighbor. They also showed a new tool you could use in the form of placing a camera on a wall. The weird bird-slash-neighbor creature found it eventually, though, and pulled it off the wall. I played Hello Neighbor to the end with my daughter, and she loved it, but I really struggled. The puzzles were too obtuse to be solvable in a natural way. The game didn't control well, and the physics were just generally kind of awful. So it was a slog for me. I do like the game conceptually, though, and I like the way it looks. It has such a great visual style, which I think has really been key to its success. So my hope for part two is that the puzzles make a little more sense and the game just controls better overall. A trailer for a game called Balan Wonderland was shown yesterday, which was teased prior as the Square Enix action game I talked about on Wednesday. It's a platformer with some very impressive creators behind it. Yuji Naka and Naoto Oshima, who are credited as the original creators of Sonic the Hedgehog, lead programmer and character designer respectively. Sonic the Hedgehog may be the main and most impressive credit the two creators share, but the game itself really has a Knights into Dreams vibe, which also makes a lot of sense since Oshima and Naka were director and producer, respectively, on Knights into Dreams. Honestly, if you told me this was a numbered sequel to Knights into Dreams, I would believe you. It lacks the flying from Knights, but aesthetically, it just really looks like the game. Gameplay-wise, it looks like a 3D platformer, and a good one at that. I was impressed with the trailer, and it has this sincerity to it that really makes me want to play it. Plus, I believe it's the first time Oshima and Naka have collaborated in like 20 years. A game called Echo Generation was shown during the presentation's pre-show. It's a turn-based adventure game. Curiously, the press release words it that way, uses the term adventure instead of RPG. And also, according to the press release, it's a game, quote, where a gang of kids investigate supernatural occurrences to save their small town, and it's coming next year. Announced right before the Xbox Games Showcase was a quick but arguably big Game Pass announcement, Dragon Quest XI-S is coming to the subscription service on December 4th. It's impressive to get such a big JRPG on Game Pass, but it will also mark Dragon Quest XI's debut on Xbox One, and it's the S version, which means it will have all the bonuses of the Switch version of the game, the main one being that you can play the full game with 16-bit visuals. That's it for gaming news today. I played more Carry On last night. I'm enjoying it. The core goal, unlock gates to get to your next area, never really changes, but the abilities you get that allow you to move around in new ways are interesting. It's always exciting to get a new power. At the point I'm at in the game now, I am gigantic, and as long as I have a lot of health, I can just decimate everyone pretty quickly, which is fun. I don't see myself not seeing it to credits. I also played a bunch of Psychonauts last night with my daughter. We watched the new trailer together and decided we were going to play through it. She had a save she had started a while ago, but we picked it back up and made a lot of progress. We were able to play maybe my two favorite levels in the whole game. 
Lungfishopolis, where you explore a tiny city inhabited by lungfish who see you as a Godzilla creature. And we started the Milkman Conspiracy level, which is kind of hard to explain. But if you talk to anyone who has played and enjoyed Psychonauts, they will bring up the Milkman Conspiracy level. It's bizarre and hilarious and also plays with platforms the way Super Mario Galaxy does. And it did it years before Super Mario Galaxy. I am eager to see that game to credits again. We will probably move on to the VR game right after we finish it. The one bummer thing about Psychonauts is it sounds like Psychonauts 2 quietly slipped into 2021 after originally being planned for this year. That's too bad, but I am also happy to wait and see what's next for Raz and Pals in order to get a, an ultimately better game. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home or... You can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info and please consider leaving a review for the podcast where you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through something new. I started playing Mega Man X2 today. I'll probably play more of that on Monday. You can also find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games on Monday. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.